chapter 11, verse number 8 through 16. Hebrews chapter 11. Tyler came and I said, Tyler, you go to the front. He smiled at me. I love Tyler. <laughs> he came in, looking around, I said, Tyler, go to the front. He looked back like, no, he didn't make me go to the front. You're looking good in the front, man. You're all right, Tyler. You got a smile here and everything. Amen. Hallelujah. Good to see everybody today. Good to see everybody. Hebrews chapter 11. Here we go. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither. By faith. Hmm. You know, there's only one way to prove you have faith. Did you know that? Anybody know how to, anybody know the way you can prove that you have faith? I thought I heard it. Somebody said it? The way to prove you know you have faith. See, we, we can't just speculate if we got something. We got to know. And that's why the Lord allowed things to happen sometimes so we can know where we are. Because he knows where we are. But we need to know where we are. The only way you can prove you have faith is when you obey. Abraham is called the father of the faithful. And it says by faith. And so by faith, he obeyed. God called him to a place. He didn't even know where he was going. But he obeyed. And he is our measuring stick in somewhat shape or form to say, okay, what does faith look like? And we go to Abraham because we watch him live a life of faith. So if we are going to prove we have faith, we're going to obey. So back to that thing again that I told you that, that we can have emotion. Because Abraham had some emotion. We'll talk about that a little bit. But, but there was a time when, when he went to Egypt and he thought they were going to take his wife because she looked so good. And he probably didn't even look good. And, and Pharaoh was going to take his wife. And he says, honey, I'm just going to tell him you're my sister. So his emotion came out because he thought he was going to lose his wife. It's okay to have emotional situations. Just don't let it make a decision for you. Verse number nine, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city that had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him, God, who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the skies in multitudes and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embraced them, 
and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims of the earth. For they had, for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had an opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is an heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he had appeared, he had prepared for them a city. Father, we love you. Great is your faithfulness. Will you challenge us today? Will you shake us today? Will you speak to our hearts today? Will you do what only you can do today? That we may make a decision. That we may make the, 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 the turn towards you more than we've ever done, Lord God. That we will commit our ways to you. I pray, Father, that the presence of the Lord will come upon us in a strong way. And you will anoint me to minister to your people according to your perfect will. God, we know that your return is at hand. We know, my God, that something is happening. And God, I want to be closer to you now more than ever before. I want to know, Lord God, that I I am where I need to be with you. I pray that each and every person in this house today, Lord, will examine their walk, examine their relationship, and say, God, I don't have time to waste anymore, but I need to draw nigh. I need to draw close. I need to know what you have in store for me, and I need to walk in obedience to your word. Bless us today like only you can, that we will not leave the same way we came in. We ask you these things in Jesus' holy name. Can everyone say amen? You may be seated. Another speaker that, spelt, that spoke was our superintendent. And I love to hear Bishop Bernard. He's a visionary. And he is just a man of, of, of leadership. And I told you this before. New Year's Eve night, the Holy Ghost just prompt me to understand that there has been some window of opportunity. The Holy Ghost had prompt me New Year's Eve to say, God is giving us some a time of grace because there's something that he's getting ready to do. And I didn't understand it fully. I went to because of the times and, and Bishop Bernard spoke a little bit about that. And then yesterday, Friday at Winterfire, he spoke again about it. Because when God gives you something, you got to keep on talking about it. And so Bishop Bernard talks about this. That the way how the world is set up, there is a window of opportunity given to us for us to accomplish God's will. Now, I don't know what will happen if we take advantage of it, if there will be any situation that will come against us as God's people that can stop the flow if we will get going. But there's a window of opportunity that God has given us. And here is how he explains it. He said that a few months ago, he is the um, the chancellor of of. Urshan Bible College. And a few months ago, he received a letter saying that they need to start uh, providing restrooms for transgender people. 
And he said he looked at it and just threw it in the garbage. Said, They're crazy. This is, this is a Bible school. How are you going to you know, try to infringe on us? And you know, he's an attorney, so he knows how to deal with those kind of things. So, but, but his point was, the devil's agenda was moving rapidly to try to come against the people of God. And all of a sudden, I didn't understand this. That's why we have men of God. But I just knew what God had shown me. All of a sudden, it has come to a little slower pace where it's not moving as fast, the devil's agenda. Because the devil's agenda is to shut the church down, cause us to not be able to say certain things because then it will be looked at as hate crime. And so the devil has an agenda to try to neutralize the people of God so we will have no effect. But somehow it has slowed down. And that's why God is showing us that take advantage of the time that you have right now because the devil will not stop. And so while the world is caught up in their agenda right now with everything else, he's saying that's the window. While they're busy worrying about this and worrying about that and now now we're worrying about ourselves and, and, and are we safe and, and, and is the president going to do right? We're worrying about all that. He's saying they can't think about the church while they're worrying about all the other stuff. Now move. They're not thinking about us right now. They're thinking about other people, other, other, other ethnic groups and other religious groups. They think about all other kind of stuff. While we now don't have a choice, but we gotta get up out of our seat and say, let's cease this moment and do what God wants us to do because Lord knows in five and four and three and eight years from now, what will it look like? Will we have a voice? Will we be able to say a word about what we believe the Bible says? But I believe that if we will get up and do what we need to do, we will get such a flow going. We will get such momentum going that even when the time comes where the devil want to push his agenda and speed up the process, uh, he's going to have a hard time because we would have had uh, our momentum going. Uh, I'm here to tell you today, you can't relax anymore. Uh, when we come to church, we got to worship God. Uh, when we come to church, we got to praise God. Uh, we can't be a bump on the law when we come to church. Uh, when we come to church, we can't be caught up in everything else and checking our emails and looking at our phones and just conversating. We got to come to church with a purpose. We got to come with a purpose. And I got to be honest with you. I can tell you this from a preacher's standpoint. When I do funerals, they're hard. Because the presence of the people and the baggage that they come in with, 99% of them, they're not Christian most of the time. Most of the weddings, most of the funerals I do, they're not Christian weddings. They're not uh, Christian funerals. They're people that street, whatever, and so they come with a lot of baggage. And so just to try to get going, man, I'm telling you, every funeral I've done in, the, in 2016, you don't know, man, I pray, I pray so much that when I step out, I'm just in the Holy Ghost because I can't do it any other way. If I do it any other way, I'm going to be a professional preacher. Come out and just say some nice words. I can't do it like that. I have to be in that pastor's office praying like a madman. And when I walk out, I'm walking out in the Holy Ghost and speaking and preaching. That's why the last one I had, we had altar call going crazy. I mean, the altar was filled with people because that's the only way I could have done it. 
Because you're talking about people in the street, gang members and gang this and gang that, people coming in. And it's, you're just like, what in the world? And only the power of God can help me to do that funeral. And so the only way we're going to be able to make a difference is if we do that. Now, coming to church, got to be honest with you, and we don't participate and we don't get involved. I know you might not agree, but that's your emotion. But the fact is, the more of us, and you can watch it all you want because I see it all the time and I watched it this morning. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do something different. Nicole and my wife, Sister Scott and everybody that does praise singing, help the church a little bit more and sing medium to fast songs when you start out. I watch y'all all the time. When they got in the fast song, more people got involved. You felt God coming in. Eric, you're smiling because you know I'm right. <laughs> so, so when everybody got involved, what you felt? Mm. There was a draw, wasn't it? Because everybody got involved. So it's the same thing with preaching. If I'm preaching and everybody just like this, it's hard to preach. This is why preachers get up and say, you going to preach with me? Because when everybody preach with them, it's easier to preach. And God helps us because we're all together on one accord. But if I'm preaching and you just chilling, all I can do is preach out my heart and say, God, I don't know what to tell you. We have a window of opportunity. And we have to cease it because we can't come to church and just be chilling. Remember I told you. Five, six services a week I used to do. And I'm not telling you that was right. I'm just telling you that's how many services I used to do a week. And now, two, I feel starved. Got to be honest. But let's put the time in when we come. Let's put the work in when we come to church. Let's give God the glory. Let's give God the praise. Let's open our mouth. Let's clap our hand. Let's lift our voice. Let's shout unto the Lord. Let's just do something and say, God, I just want to praise you this morning. I just want to thank you this morning. Hallelujah. Hey, I don't care who thinks what about me when it comes down to God. I don't care what nobody thinks. And I want you to get that same kind of attitude that it doesn't matter what nobody thinks of you. Whatever way you praise God, just praise Him. Whatever way you sing, just sing. Whatever way you dance, just dance. Whatever way you give Him the glory, just give it to Him. Don't matter. But do something for God. And so, it brings me to our lesson today. When God called Abraham to leave the present place where he was inhabiting, To go to the promised land, he did not yet know God. All he heard was the voice. He didn't see God because God never revealed himself at that time. God never manifested himself. All he did was hear the voice of God. Abraham at that time, Abram. Abram, I want you to leave here and I want you to go. All he heard was the voice of God. And so, he obeyed the voice of God. He believed what he was hearing was true, was right. God didn't give Abraham a map. 
God didn't tell Abraham where, 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 you know, where he was going. God just said, go. Travel. You know what I love about that? It meant that the only way Abraham was going to get to where he was going was he had to follow Jesus Christ. He had to follow God because the bottom line was he didn't know where he was going. And so he had to follow what God was saying to him, where he needs to go, where he needed to walk. He had to follow God because he had no idea where he was going. And so Abraham started going and following God. As God led him, he followed. As God led him, he followed. He didn't know where he was going. He just know God told him was to go somewhere. Now, during the trip, or the journey, if you will, his dad died. I'm, I'm going somewhere. That's what the preachers say. I'm going somewhere. His father died. Then him and his nephew, because his nephew went with him, had to separate because of strife. Not between him and his nephew, but between his folks and his nephew's folks. And so they had to separate. So things happened during this journey that he was taken. The other thing that was, 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 was somewhat uh, curious was the, the, the place where they traveled was a deserted wilderness. They didn't go through nice areas, nice paved roads. They were going through a deserted wilderness. But that's the way God was leading them. One of the most impressive things that you learn about Abraham as he journeyed on this journey was that ever so often he stopped and established an altar. What does that mean? Well, in the Old Testament, an altar is built for there to be a sacrifice. Sacrifice to ask God to forgive you. Sacrifice to, 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 to ask God's will to be done in your life. Sacrifice unto God just to acknowledge who he is and he's God of all things. Sacrifice. In the Old Testament, it was animal sacrifice. Today, you're the sacrifice. Oh, somebody help me in here. No longer are we putting animals on this altar that is built. Remember, I told you that Jesus never asked you to do anything that he has. I love the Lord. Does anybody love the Lord in here? God will never ask you to do something he has not already done. And he was the first human sacrifice uh, that was done for righteousness. Uh, and after he did that and showed that to us, uh, now we understand uh, that we must present our bodies uh, a living sacrifice. Uh, so we now are the sacrifice. We put ourselves on the altar of God and sacrifice unto him. So now, as we follow after God, 
We should stop and sacrifice. That means that we must build an altar and begin to lay down some prayers at that altar. Prayer is sacrifice. In case you don't know, when you get down on your knees and when you start to walk around and you stop everything going around in your life and you say, now I'm going to focus on the Lord and I'm going to talk to Him. I'm going to worship Him and I'm going to praise Him. That is sacrifice. That's prayer. That's communication to God. That's connection with God. And since we don't know where we're going, we must stop and build altars so God himself can direct us where we're going. We don't know where to go and we don't know what to do because we don't understand the journey we're on. But God understands where we're going. If we want to know where we're going, we're going to have to build the altar. Strangers and pilgrims is what Abraham and his families, Abraham and his family, that's what they were, and we're the same. They were the physical, we're the spiritual. And they were strangers and pilgrims traveling to a far country that God promised them. And we today, the church of the living God, are strangers and pilgrims traveling to a far country that God promised us. Mm, help us today. If we're going to make this journey, if we're going to be successful in our travels, we're going to have to build altars on our way. This is why we lose our way so often is because we're not building altars. We're not sacrificing ourselves in prayer and in worship and in praise. And if we can't sacrifice, if we're not listening for the voice of God, then we don't know where to go. And then we find ourselves wandering in the wilderness. I don't know if you know and you understand the, 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 the comparison between Israel and the church today, one is the physical and one is the spiritual. And as they wandered in the wilderness, they all didn't die in the wilderness. Some of them made it out. But the question is, will you be a part of the, the, the church that wandered in the wilderness and died because you didn't know where to go? Because there's only one way to know where to go. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we find ourselves wondering. And we find ourselves getting frustrated with life because, guess what? We're trying to go on a journey that we don't know where we're going and how to get there. I'll be frustrated too. Anybody will be frustrated trying to walk somewhere, trying to journey somewhere, and you have no idea where you're going. And you're not hearing from the one who knows where you're going. And he's already established how it got to work. You don't have to talk to me. You don't have to sacrifice so so I can keep you moving. But if you don't want to talk to me and you don't want to sacrifice to me and you don't want to praise me, you don't want to worship me, you're not going to get no voice coming to you, which means you won't know where to go. Strangers and pilgrims. Just think about Abraham. God had, hadn't manifest himself as man at the time yet. So he couldn't see God. He was depending on hearing from God. He was depending on God. You got to talk to me. I don't hear you say something. 
I wonder if we would just get to a place where we would just begin to be just, 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 just crazy about talking to God and, 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 and saying, God, if I don't hear you, I'm not moving. Uh, if, if I'm not hearing from you, if, if the voice of God is not coming in my mind and in my heart, uh, I'm not doing anything. Uh, and until you tell me, God, I'm not moving. Uh, but you can't say that and not pray. Uh, you can't say that. Let me tell you something. The main thing I feel God ringing in my mind for me, and hopefully it's for you, uh, and is he's got the answer. He's got everything we need. Uh, but he's saying, you got to come to me and ask. You got to come to me and seek me for the answers and seek me for direction. I've got it, but you got to come to me and somebody, if we will go to God and begin to ask and begin to seek, I know God will give us the answer. But we fall into the trap of this world. Well, he knows why he ain't telling me. Listen, you're right that God knows what's in your heart. You're right that God knows everything. You're right about that. Where you are out of order is why he ain't telling me. Now you're being God. (laughs) You're right. God knows what's going on with you. You're right. God knows what you need. But when you get to that place of, well, why he ain't telling me, now you're telling me you know something more than God. If he ain't telling you, he ain't telling you. But that means you better keep asking. He told us to come to him as little children. Man, Jordan will wear you out if you don't answer him. If you got little children at home and even young people, you don't answer them, they're going to wear you out. And God told us to come to him as little children. And so we think we're grown. So when we don't hear God just talking, we just say, well, whatever, I'm grown anyway. So if you don't want to talk, that's his business. And God is saying, I told you to come to me as little children. You're not grown when it come up to me. You might get a little bit mature, but you ain't never grown with God. You got to keep seeking. You got to keep asking until God says something. Listen. This ain't just regular, this is eternity we're talking about. And I can't just be okay with, well, I didn't hear from God. If that's his business if he don't want to talk. Are you kidding me? I'm on a journey. You're on a journey. And we don't know where to go on the journey. And the only way we're going to get to the place where we need to get to is by him speaking to us. It's by him directing us. It's a life that we're talking about. It's a situation where it's life or death, eternity or damnation. And I can't take that lightly. I got to say, God, I don't hear from you. I'm getting on my knees until I hear from you because I want to spend eternity with you and not in damnation. Strangers and pilgrims is who we are. When you look up the word Merriam-Webster, the word stranger, it describes it a couple of ways. The first way it describes it is foreigner. Foreigner. Those of you that were foreigners, or still maybe foreigners, you know what it feels to be in a country. That's not your country. You, you, you know that. 
As a matter of fact, people know you're not from the country. They know you're kind of different. Mm-hmm. Another definition is resident alien. That sound that sound about right, foreigners? <laughs> yes. That's a couple of definitions for stranger. And so we are strangers in this world. We're strangers in this world. We're just passing through. And I think our big struggle comes back to we don't believe that we're strangers in this world. Tony, we don't belong to this place. We've been here a little bit of time. We think 60 and 70 and 80 and 90 is of any time. We are in time, but God is outside of time. And so the little bit of time we've been here and we've made ourselves comfortable here, I'm here to tell you this morning that God wants you to know, don't make yourself comfortable in this world because this is not your country. You are a foreigner to this country. You are a stranger traveling this country. Stop making this this country comfortable. Stop setting up shop to make your life uh, better in this country. Because if you make your life better here, you're going to want to stay here. If you make everything just comfortable here, uh, you're going to want to stay here. Uh, and God wants you to know today uh, that this is not the place uh, he has prepared for you. Uh, God has a place prepared for you uh, that cannot even compare uh, to what this is like. Uh, and God wants you to know uh, that you're a stranger. You're a foreigner in this land and don't you get comfortable you're just camping out the house that you live in just consider it a tent a tent that's what the house is that you live in it's a tent it it ain't that important it ain't that special it's a tent because it's temporary it won't be here forever you won't be here forever The other definition that we looked at, we said strangers, pilgrims. A pilgrim is one who journeys to a foreign country. That wasn't a good definition, but I understand where it was going. This is the one that I like. One who travels to a holy place. As a devotee. (laughs) We're strangers to this country, to this world, but we're pilgrims, even though we're strangers to this world, we're pilgrims also, because what we're doing is we're taking a holy journey to a holy place that's been promised to us, and we've been promised this holy place called New Jerusalem, and we've been promised that place, and we're on a journey to that holy place. People take trips all the time to the Jerusalem in the Middle East, and that's well and good, but that is physical, but we're taking a spiritual journey to a place called New Jerusalem. We call it heaven. That's where we're on our way to. And we're pilgrims taking that journey, strangers to this world. And I won't lay my bed here. I won't get comfortable here. I'm a pilgrim. I'm on a holy journey to a holy place. And I can't turn back. Oh my God, we're pilgrims, we're strangers, and we can't get comfortable here. Yes. 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 Glory to God. 
We got to get that in our heart. When we get that in our heart, uh, we will begin to change the way we behave. Uh, see, most of our behavior is because of attachments. We become attached to things uh, in this earth, in this world. Uh, and God is saying, uh, oh, I created this world uh, that you can have some things that you need as you travel in it. Uh, but I don't want you getting attached to it. Uh, love not the world, uh, neither the things of this world. Uh, for if any man love the world, uh, the love of the Father is not in him. Uh, I know uh, that we are on a journey and I can't love uh, the things of this world. Uh, I can't get attached uh, to the things of this world because I'm heaven bound. I'm heaven bound. I'm heaven bound. Tell your neighbor I'm heaven bound. Tell your neighbor I'm a pilgrim. I may not have been to Jerusalem yet, uh, but I've got a place that's stored up for me. It's called New uh, Jerusalem. Uh, I may not have been to the Middle East, uh, but I'm going to a place called heaven. Uh, That's where I'm going. Man, you know how I many people take trips to Jerusalem on any given year? And I like going to Jerusalem. I think it's a wonderful trip. But now I understand that the trip that we are in the process of taking, there is nothing greater than it. There's nothing like the trip that we're on, the journey that we're on as strangers and pilgrims traveling to a far country, a land that's been promised to us by God himself. He said it's an inheritance. We are like Abraham. If we answer the call, or if we are going to answer the call, we will be like Abraham. When God said, Sam, I want you to come. You are no different from Abraham. He told Abraham, Abraham, come. And when God says, come, we have an example. And what Abraham, I didn't read any place where Abraham says, who art thou, Lord? I don't understand. Where am I going, Lord? I didn't read him asking questions. I just know he says, okay. And he told his family, we're going to a country that we don't even know what it looked like. He said he was looking for something with a, with, with a foundation, a big building, like almost like a palace. He was looking for something like that. And that's what not, that's not what God was to God said, come on, boy. We can have all we want in our mind of what we think it should look like. But I'm here to tell you, if it don't meet your expectation, don't even worry about it. God loves you so much. And God knows what he's doing. That where he's taking you, it will be better for you than anything you can ever imagine. And anything you can ever picture in your mind. God knows where he's taking you. I don't need to have my own understanding of what it should be like. We've never read of anybody. Don't even tell me about stuff you read, because I don't even believe that. Anybody that go to heaven ain't going to come back. (laughs) Ain't nobody that crazy. God may give you a vision, a glimpse, a little something of it, but you don't go there and come back to here. Because when you get there, I'm sure, when we get there, I'm sure we're going to like, yes, yes, yes. You're going to feel like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, let me give you just a little crack, a little crack, Cheryl. This is the only place we come, hopefully, where, you know what, we can talk and we can just chill and nobody cussing. It, it, it means that 
yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. Because there are places outside of church where you go, and there are nice people, there are not nice people, and there's all kind of people. And every once in a while you hear some nasty sounding things, people just cussing up a storm and carrying on, and you're like, oh my God, let me get out of here. This just don't even feel right. This don't even sound right. You go to work sometimes, and, and that's where you work, and some days it go good, and other days people start cussing, and you're just like, I just don't want to be here today. You don't feel like that's where you belong. But when you come into the house of God, and you and if you are a, 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 a true Christian, a man of God, a woman of God, when you come in, you say, yes, I belong to be in the house of the Lord. This, this is just different from every place else. And that's just a little window of, I'm sure when we get to heaven, we're going to like, yes. The smile is going to come on your face and says, yes, this is where I belong. That place where I'm coming from, I don't even know how I made it. When we get to heaven, we're going to probably look back in our life in this world and says, how in the world did we think that was something? How in the world we had the world on a pedestal like it was all good? Look where I am today. Look what I'm experiencing. How did I let myself get so caught up in that dirty, nasty, no good world that I was living in thinking it was something? Oh, that day is coming. Somebody know that day is coming. That day is coming that we will be able to, 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 to worship the praise and know where I am is where I need to be. It was what was prepared for me. Strangers. And pilgrim. When God calls, we need to answer. Because he's taking us someplace. God just don't call you just, just for you to say, huh? Huh? Sometimes people call us and we're like, what are they going to tell me now? Yeah, what do you want? I'm coming. Hold on. Because in your mind, it uh, can't be nothing too important. But that's not God. When God calls you, it's not just 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 any kind of call. It's not going to be this little 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 thing that's no big deal. When God calls you, it's got eternal meaning behind it. There is nothing. See, God is an eternal God, brother Daryl. So everything He does is eternal, and we keep looking at things that's temporal. And when God calls, we start thinking temporarily. And God is like, I can't do anything that's temporary. I'm the Almighty God. I'm outside out of time. I'm eternal. And so when I call you, I'm going to do something eternal in your life. When we answer the call of God, that's an eternal response to an eternal God. When God said come, he's not just calling you to, to, to make you say, that's all he wanted. Never forgot. We lived on a dead end street. And we had a bedroom. It was, it was like a guest bedroom. We didn't even use that bedroom. But the bedroom that was closest to the street was our guest bedroom. I remember a kid playing on a dead-end street. We having a good time. And I remember, I don't know, my mom sticking her head out talking about, come here. You thought she was calling you inside to stay inside. And when you walked in, she was upstairs. Get me a glass of water. <laughs> And in your mind, you're like, I know. You couldn't be mad, though, because she wasn't calling you to come in for the rest of the day. 
Because that's what you was really thinking in your mind. She called you to come in to take your bath, and that's it. Shut it down for the rest of the day. So in your mind, you mad like, no, she's not calling me in already. It's still light outside. And then you walk in, kind of, you got to make sure no attitude. You walk in, yes. And she said, pour me a cold glass of ice water. And you mad, but you glad at the same time. Because you mad. Like, I know she didn't call me for this, but you glad because you didn't go back outside. That didn't benefit me. That was just crazy. That's what we do. But when God calls you and God say to you, come, I'm, I'm, I'm taking you someplace. It's not like your mom calling you to come inside and take a bath or come inside to pour some water. It's not like that. This is an eternal call. And God is calling everybody in this congregation. It's eternal. It's not temporary. And we need to answer the call of God. And if we do, we will be like Abraham. And we will be able to take this journey. And as we go, we will know that God is the one that's leading us. I'm finishing up here. During Abraham's journey, many things happened, man. Many things happened. God, little by little, is just revealing truth like I've never seen it. His word is just being unveiled to me like I've never seen it. And I'm just so excited about the word of God these days when I get into it. I'm like, my God. And as he shows the different things that was happening with Abraham, I start smiling because today we go through the same kind of things and we are making it. Listen, Abraham could have done what he did because I don't think he had many examples. Some of the mistakes he made, I'm okay with it because he didn't have a whole lot of example. But we, the people of God, in 2017, we have a lot of examples to say, oh yeah, I remember that. And I remember how that went. And I remember how that went. And that should make us understand the decisions we need to make and how we need to handle ourselves because we have an example. God says there were some things that happened for our example. And so we must take what the elders have done or not done and say, okay, we need to understand it for our own self and for our own good. And so Abraham, there was a lot of things that transpired with him, but it's just life when you're taking the journey. <laughs> mm. We've been called to a holy place. And there's challenges that we face. There's situations that will come up and we have to know what we're doing. Listen, Abraham, his daddy died when he was on his way there. Then his nephew departed. Um, they had to separate it. Then his wife got snatched up by the most powerful man in the world and he had to go worry about his life that they was going to kill him. There was famine in the land. There was, there was starvation. They needed food. All of these things was happening to the men of God that God called. God call us and we think, oh, life will be a bed of roses. God call us and we think nothing will go wrong. God call us. Let me tell you something. The reason why, or I can't say the reason why, but some of the things that we've experienced, it will make heaven that much sweeter when we get there. Can you imagine when you get to heaven and you begin to look back on your life and the challenges you had and the situation that you came up against and you overcame? Heaven won't be as much fun if you 
it just didn't go through anything, if it was just that easy to get to heaven, it probably wouldn't be as fun as when you know I struggled, I cried, I had to fight, I backslid, I cussed, I fought, I went through a whole lot of turmoil, I was broke, I needed things, and I still kept going, and now look at me, I'm in heaven, I made it, I made it. It won't be any good if you don't go through uh, all of us want everything to just be just right. Just right, huh? No problems. No sickness. No struggle. No financial challenges. No nothing. I'm just going to cruise this thing out. God is almighty and all powerful. Why don't he just let me just go through this thing here and just let everything. Can I tell you this? He again, will not allow anything to happen to us that he didn't go through. Was he almighty God when he showed up as Jesus Christ, God manifest in flesh? Wasn't he God while he was here walking? What? what did he have an easy life? <laughs> he didn't have an easy life when he came here, huh? But we supposed to have an easy life? Oh, it's supposed to be easy for us because it, it wasn't easy for him, so it's supposed to be easy for us. That's kind of how our brain working. That's the emotion part, right? Yeah, we, we didn't we didn't touch the the, the scripture. It, it said the world hated you, hated me, so we'll we'll hate you also. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So the things that happened to him is going to happen to you too. But what did he say? But I overcame the world. He also said that we are more than conquerors. Listen, let me tell you a little secret. I know I've always been a kind of positive kind of guy, so I usually, a lot of negative things don't stay long with me, and it, it, it don't do much for me. As a matter of fact, I become, sometimes I'm almost to the point of, like, does he care about anything? It's not true. But, but I'm just one of those, just like, whatever, whatever. But when I came to God, oh, that whatever just kicked up a whole lot of notches. Because when I realized who God, I, I'm, an, I'm naturally that kind of person, like, eh, okay, it'll be fine. But when I came to God and knew who he was, oh, I really started saying, I'm not worried about that. I don't care. And you might think I'm crazy, but it's because of what I know and who I know. Because I know him and I know what he can do and I know what he's capable of. I don't worry about a whole lot of things. And he has shown me all the time what he will do for me. He has shown me all the time how he will take me through. He has shown me all the time how how powerful he is. And so no matter what goes on in my life, I says, God, I know it'll be all right because I know who you are and I know who I am. I know whose I am. Oh, help us, Lord. Yes. Strangers and pilgrims. Everything in this world is temporary. I need you to know that today. I don't need you to just amen it today. I need you to walk out of here today understanding everything in this world is temporary. Everything except for you. Did not tell you whatever come from God is eternal because he, he's eternal. So the different phases 
of your life is temporary. But you are an eternal being. And so why should we allow all of these temporary things to get us all messed up when they won't be around for long? But I'm going to live eternally one way or another in my home or in the devil's home. You like I said that? I don't even have to say it nasty and mean. One way or another, I'm going to live eternally in my own home that is prepared for me. Or I'm going to have to live in the devil's home. That's prepared for him. Did you know that? That place? I won't say the name. That's his home. It was prepared for him. God is so, everything about God is just so neat and in place. The devil home was created just for him. Wasn't created for us. But unfortunately, if we don't go to our home, we're going to be hanging out with him in his home. And I don't want to live with him. I, I, I'm living with him right now. Well, I'm not living with him. I'm, 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 he's around me while I'm, you know, I'm a camper. So I'm moving about and he's around me. And he ain't nice just being around me. Can you imagine just being in his house? Can you imagine every day just with him? No God, just you and him and everybody else that, you know, came with you. I can't even imagine that. So I don't want to mess with him. I already got to deal with him now. But I just know that day is coming where I won't have to deal with him ever. Because I got my home prepared. You got your home prepared. And that's where we're going. So everything in this world is temporary. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. We're just campers in this world. Everything in this world is temporary. It changes continually. Even our life is seasonal. So many of us remember when we were children. I just told you a little children's story of mine. And so we remember when we were children. We're not children anymore. And so even your life is changing, evolving, and expanding. Even your life is changing. So everything in this world is temporary. It's changing. The only thing that is permanent is your soul, which will spend eternity either at your home, that's prepared for you, or at the devil's home. Everything in this world is temporary. It's seasonal. Your childhood, where did that ever go? You were in that stage for a little while. And all of a sudden, it's time to move on. <laughs> Just think about that. Mama Allen. Sister Thomas. Brother Thomas. We don't look at them and think they were children too. Some, some, I don't know what the devil, I don't know how our mind works or how we work. We, we don't think our elders were children like, like we were. Somehow we think they were just old. They came into this world at 70 years old. I don't know. I think we think that sometimes. They came in the world at 70. No, they didn't come in the world at 70. They came in the world just like me and you. And so their childhood went away. They, they, they kept evolving and growing. And me and you are doing the same thing. 
This God let us know God is real. But this world is not our home. Brother Thomas, this world is not your home. Mama Thomas, this world is not your home. Mama Allen, this world is not your home. Mama Pearl, this world is not your home. You're just passing through, and it's all right. I don't know about you. I'm 48, but some days I'm saying I'd rather be home than be here because I'm sick and tired of this world. It's just too much, and I want to go to my home where I will be comfortable, where I'm going to speak and just commune with the Lord and experience the joy of the Lord. Every day, uh, this world is not my home. I'm a stranger and a pilgrim in it. That's it. Just passing through. Not worried about it. Don't you let it get you all worked up and everything like that. We're just passing through. We're just passing through. All of our lives. All of these things that are happening in our life. I, I wish I can get you to buy into or believe me when I tell you. There's nothing to worry about when you answer the call of God. How many times I got to tell you, living for yourself is hard. Living for God is easy. I don't, I, I wish I can, I tell people that all the time. Living for yourself is hard because it means you're in charge. You have to make all the decisions. You got to figure out what, what work and what don't work. You got to figure all these things out without God. But with God, you said, God, what you doing today? I'm just here waiting on you. Uh, tell me where you want me to go, what you want me to do, uh, because God is in control of your life. Uh, and if we will just get it and realize, uh, I know it's a struggle sometimes. Uh, I know the bones, they work in the way they're supposed to all the time. Uh, I know the finances don't cooperate. Uh, I know we got family problems. I know we got children problems. I know we got marital problems. I know we got all kind of problems. But I'm here to tell you today, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. I was talking to a young couple, a young couple at Winterfire, and this is what, you know, God just been dealing with me about this and this is just like amazing. I might have mentioned it here, that your, your, your relationship with God God is the bridegroom. No, God is the bridegroom and we're the bride. That's one relationship we have in him, with him. He's the father and we're the children. So, 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 so we're the wife, God is the husband, right? And he treats, the, a lot of time. that's how our relationship works with him. We, as the, as the bridegroom, is, is, is the bridegroom and he is the husbandman and, and, and we have that kind of relationship. And I told him, I said, listen, treat your marriage like your relationship with God. This is just revelations God give me. I said, because here's the deal. Here's what, here's, here's what I just got the other day from the Lord. The devil work on us to make all kind of foolish decisions. And listen to this. Because I treat my marriage like my relationship with God, I laugh at the devil. Because here's the thing. Who in here can say they just had this perfect situation with their relationship with God and everything is working out and all good? Who, who, who can say that? Nobody. And all of us know our walk with God, sometimes we backslid a little bit. Sometimes we came forward a little bit. Sometimes we just stagnated. All kind of stuff. But you ain't stopping because you know this is what's best for me. 
I am going to heaven. I don't care what happens in this thing. I am going to heaven. And after a while, you live for God long enough, you'll realize all of your struggles. This is what I told the young people. All of your struggles was stepping stone to go where you're going. And because it's living for God is the same. All of the struggles and the challenges you have, God allowed them. Remember, he don't always do them, but he allows them to happen because guess why? They're going to help you to get closer and to move you you to where you're going in God. And so I've learned how to embrace my problems in my walk with God because I realize all of those problems are helping me. They're propelling me to go where I'm supposed to go. And so now I look back at the devil and say, devil, I look at my marriage the same way. I don't care what the problem is. I'm just going to keep on working it because at some point in time, I know it's going to be all right because everything is temporary. Your marriage can't be a mess for the whole time you've been married. You can't go through problems the whole time you're married. Some way, somehow, it's gonna get better. It's gonna move forward. It's gonna work out. We just gotta keep on going just like we keep going and going. Oh, God. He is the all-encompassing, all-knowing God. And He makes everything, He makes you see clearly about everything. I'm finishing. Bishop Brooks, guy that preached at Winterfire, he'd been married 51 years. He made me smile. He said this one thing. He said, my wife, my girlfriend and my wife for 51 years, right? He's 73, moved like he's about 50-something or 40-something. But, but he said, we've been married for 51 years. He said, at some point in time, the Lord told them, get over yourself. <laughs> you ain't catching it. <laughs> I understood exactly what he was saying. Because what happens is married people always got something that they got to complain about. And somehow the Lord just get in there and say, just get over yourself. Because this is not even about that. Let's move forward. I cracked up in my mind because I knew exactly what he was talking about. You know, everybody want to post on Facebook. He said it. I was right there with him. Everybody posting on Facebook how they so in love. <laughs> Valentine's Day, should have seen all the posts and everything that's going on. Bishop Brooks was right on it, 73 years old, so I knew he knew what he was talking about. I was right there with him, Brother D. Everybody going, I was so in love. It's so good. Lying. Listen, let me just show you how they lie. God is good to us. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. The Bible says we are the apple of his eye and he treats us like royalty. And we still got problems with God. You ain't fooling nobody. If God is so good to us and we got problems with God, I'm going to have problems with my wife. She ain't God. And I got problems with God. And we want, you're getting, you're getting this, Sister Phyllis. Isn't this good? Sister Phyllis got it at least. I'm telling you, if we get it like this, man, this stuff will be like whatever. I'm serious. Whatever. Because that's not even important right now. We'll get over it. Let's keep it moving. Because I ain't going nowhere. And if you want to go somewhere, that's your business. But I'm not going nowhere. (laughs) If we can just look at stuff like that. that The devil got us all in a tizzy and thinking all kind of crazy stuff. I'm living for God. And so I'm closing. Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 15, and truly, 
If they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had an opportunity to have returned. Listen to this. Abraham had an opportunity to return back to where God told him to come when he told him to come. He did. God wasn't holding his foot. God wasn't blocking him. He could have returned to where he came from. You and I, when God call us, he's not making us. We have to want to do this. And here rubs the problem. God is not making us. And depending on where we stand in understanding that the Almighty has called us, and I'm on a journey, I'm just a stranger and a pilgrim. Depending on the mindset, we can go back. And the first thing I'm going to tell you is where God called you from, stop reminiscing about it. The world was only good to you when you was a part of the world. And it really wasn't good to you. You thought it was. So when God call you from out of it and say, come into my kingdom and take this journey, stop reminiscing about anything. Stop reminiscing about what you used to do. One of the worst things that happens to men when they come to church, we do this a lot. We got to keep on telling you our worldly experience so you, so you respect me. You know, you know every man want to be respected, right? That's the worst thing that can happen to a man is if a woman disrespects him. Ooh, ooh. Boy, he devastated. And, 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 and devastation made him get angry like a bulldog. Don't disrespect your man, sister. That ain't good. You get disrespected, you wonder what in the world happened to him. That's the worst thing you can do to a man. You, if you can curse him out and not disrespect him, he'll take that. But from the minute you start saying disrespectful things, mm-mm, mm-mm, that's bad. But I'm on to something else. And so if you keep reminiscing about it, trying to prove who you used to be, you're going to go back there. You've got to leave that thing alone. Can I tell you this real quick? Wherever God is taking you to, it will be quadruple and much more times better than where he's, where you're going. We keep on worrying about where we're leaving, and that's a trick of the devil in thinking about where we're leaving instead of looking to where we're going. Start looking at where you're going and stop looking at where you're coming from. Abraham didn't do that. And with all the problems he got, shouldn't he have looked and said, maybe I need to go back. They're trying to take my wife. Is starvation going on around here? I got to be lying. I'm supposed to be a man of God and a man of faith. Maybe I need to go back. We didn't read that. But Abraham just kept on going. And what I have to tell you today is just keep on going and stop reminiscing. Listen, if you don't let it go, it's going to take you back. The devil will not leave you alone. And you have to make a decision and say, devil, you got to say it out loud. I told, I told a young marriage this because I'm just different and I don't care. I told the young married people this. I said, listen, the day you stop and say, devil, I don't care what happened. I'm not divorcing my wife. People don't say this kind of stuff, but I, I'm transparent. I don't care. And I, and I told you that I'm glad for what God has done. For, for probably the first five years of my marriage, I don't know how y'all work, but let me tell you, because I know what happened to me probably happened to you. But for the first five years, Brother Sam, let me talk to Brother Sam. For the first five years, Brother Sam, 
Every time something go wrong, the man in me, I don't know if I can take this much longer. Now, I didn't tell her that. That was just going through my mind. I don't know if I can take this much longer. I ain't putting up with this. First five years. And then one day, this is what I looked at. I said, I give my life to helping other people and trying to make sure their marriage and their home and their family is better. And I'm supposed to let the devil, no, 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 no. I stopped that day and said, devil, I'm telling you right now, I'm serving you notice, I'm not going anywhere. I am not going to have another thought about if this go this way again, I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm staying and that's it. He ain't never trust me. He ain't never messing with me about that no more. He never come back my way. He tried other things, not that thing. Why did I tell you that? Not just to tell you about my business, but to tell you that's how you need to do with God. You got to tell the devil, devil, I'm going to have some hard times. I'm going to struggle and a lot of things going to come my way. But what I'm going to tell you is I am not going anywhere. I'm not leaving God. And even in my downtime, even in my backslidden time, and even time where I'm mad, even time where I'm just not praying, I'm not just, I don't care. I'm not going anywhere. He won't mess with you about that anymore. He'll go some. He's going to try something else because he know when you're telling the truth. Yeah. It, it, it's been it's been 12 years since I told him that. Well, we've been married 17 years. It's been 12 years since I told him that. Leave me alone because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to get that mad and walk away. Get get out my face. He never came back my way. Just like the one time, you know, I was living for God probably about 10, 15 years. And all of a sudden the devil said to me, why you act like you're afraid to go into the bar? You grown? Go sit at the bar and have a drink. You're grown. Why you act like you're afraid of the bar? I will not lie to you. The devil told me that. He says, go sit at the bar. You're grown. You act like you're afraid of the bar. Sit down and have a drink. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You're a grown man. I would not lie to you. The devil told me that. I said, devil, it's been 15 years I've been living for God. You're still coming at me like that? He didn't say nothing. But I, I think he said, mm-hmm, I'm still coming at you like that. Because I'm never going to stop. The devil never going to stop. But you just got to put him in his place so he knows. You can control him. So he knows he ain't never going to drink. I got to figure out another way. And once you make up your mind for the next thing that he's trying to tempt you on, just, just tell him straight to his face, I'm not doing that. He'll leave you alone with that. He'll try something else. He'll come back around after a while, but it'll be a minute again before he comes back to trying to tempt you the way he was trying to tempt you. And so don't reminisce about where, where you left to go with God. Just realize what God is doing for you is far better than what anything else or anybody else can do for you. And the final verse in Hebrews eleven sixteen. but now they desire a better country that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he had prepared for them a city. What's that name of that city? New Jerusalem. The more effort you put into the journey, here's where I'm closing. The more effort you put into the journey, the greater your desire will be to reach the destination. Abraham, I believe, put so much effort into getting to where God was taking him. I don't care how much the devil came to him and tell him, you might as well turn back. I'm sure Abraham probably be like, first of all, I didn't put too much effort. My father died on this journey. My, my nephew separated from me. I had children on this journey. I had all kind of stuff going on in my life on this journey. And you want me to get off this journey and go back to where I came from? Oh, no, devil, you a liar. I'm on this journey because God put me on it. I'm 
not going back and you can't tempt me to go anyplace else. I'm going forward. I'm staying on this journey because now I've invested so much that I'm looking forward to that place called heaven. I'm looking forward to that country that God has prepared, that place that is mine, my home. I'm looking forward to going there. And so, well, as you're standing to your feet. And so, the Bible says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Here is what you got to let the devil know. I've put too much investment into the kingdom of God, into this journey that I'm on, that I can't do nothing but to see it through. I've put too much into it that I can't do nothing but to see it through. And so today, I want you to know that God has prepared a country for you. God has prepared a home for you. And this world that you're living in is not your final destination. It's not your home. It's not where you're going to stay for eternity. If we live to see a hundred, we're overly blessed. But most of us will probably see anywhere between 70 and 80 years old. We've got people in this church that's over 70. Man, that's just extra goodness that God is showing you. Because most people's life is supposed to end somewhere around 70, in case you didn't know. And so just think 70 years comparing to eternity. This world is not my home. I want you to talk to God just for two minutes before we leave to let God know that he, you need to be strengthened and not go backwards and not reminisce about the old and not allow anything to trip you up and realize that everything in this world is temporary. We got to start giving more to God. We got to start investing more in the journey. When you invest in this journey, you won't worry about going backwards. You won't worry about being dormant because at the end of the day, I need God to help me to complete this journey. Focus on Jesus. Focus on the destination. If you will focus on Jesus and focus on the destination, you will make the journey. If you're focused on Jesus and focus on the destination, you will reach your home, your destination that God intend for you. Get rid of all your attachments in the world. It's okay to have things. Don't be attached to them. It's okay to do things. Don't be attached to them. And let it be easy for you to just let go of something. I hear the Holy Ghost. I hear the Holy Ghost. I hear the Holy Ghost. God is challenging us that we go back and do inventory in our life. And something... Listen to me carefully. I just heard from the Holy Ghost. Something that's valuable to you, God wants you to give it away. I just heard from the Holy Ghost. You need to go back and look at and just say, God, what is it that's valuable to me that I need to give away to to, to make sure I don't allow myself to become attached to anything? That I can know that no matter what, I'll be fine If something come or if it go, it doesn't matter to me because I'm not attached to anything. Father, show me what am I attached to, Lord God, that I need to give up. 
Show me, Lord God, what I need to give up and not even think about it or consider it, Lord God, but to show you and show myself, Lord God, that I will not allow anything to keep me from understanding that I'm a pilgrim, I'm a stranger in this foreign land. And oh my God, my home is heaven. And we're on our journey. We're on our way. And there is nothing, Lord God, that is more important than just us trusting you and having faith and following your direction in making heaven our home. Father, in the name of Jesus, will somebody talk to the Lord just for one more moment to get your heart right, to get your mind right, that next time you encounter the presence of God you will never be the same again that next time you come into the house of the Lord it will never be like ever before the power of God will be upon you and you will worship and praise the Lord like you've never worshipped and praised him father in the name of Jesus I pray that somebody will grab a hold to this thing today Lord God understanding that they're strangers and pilgrims Lord God and that nothing Lord God will be a hindrance to them because we understand that everything in this world is temporary and oh my God we need to set our affections on the things that are far above. We need to seek the things that are unseen because the things that are unseen are eternal and the things that are seen are temporal. Father, help us today to hold fast to the truth and obey the word of God. I pray, Lord God, that you'll move upon every person in this congregation today and that, Lord, they will never be the same, that something will move and transpire in their mind and in their life, that, God, they will say, no more can I be a casual uh, standby uh, observing everything else uh, but not giving everything uh, Father I pray today uh, that the Holy Ghost power will trouble the mind uh, and move on the heart uh, of every individual in this congregation uh, that Lord uh, we will come to the knowledge uh, of the truth and understand what is important uh, and God I pray today uh, that you will destroy uh, the yoke of bondage uh, and break uh, oh God every chain that holds Holds us captive. I pray today and loose upon this congregation, Lord God, the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord Jesus, to begin to stir and to move and to challenge us, Lord God, and to encourage and uplift us, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that today, oh God, we will walk out of this place encouraged. We will walk out of this place focused and knowing, Lord God, where we're heading and knowing, Almighty God, that you have our backs and that you're leading leading us, and we're following you. Today, Lord God, I pray that our mind will be free from all that challenge and captivate and hold us hostage in the name of Jesus. Free the minds of your people, Lord. Free the minds of your people, Lord. And take out of their heart the things that don't belong. I pray today that your will be done, and we will leave this place, Lord God, with you being the focal point. I destiny nation being the focus in the name of Jesus. Lord, we want to thank you today and praise you for who you are and all the great things that you've done. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Will somebody open up their mouth and clap their hands and lift their voice unto God and just give them a praise and give them a hallelujah and give them a thank you, Jesus and give them a Lord, you're worthy and give them a Lord, you're 
my God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we praise you and thank you.